Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's Friday, April 2nd, and this is the Drop Podcast, hashtag full squad to end the week. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling today with Mr. What You Need to Know Himself, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen. Get it, girl. It's JD. Hello. Get it, girl. There he is. Yeah. Get it, everybody. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. We see you. Please continue to like and comment and subscribe. We had another fun NBA happy hour last night. Missed you, Tass. We had a blast talking to Ryan Doyle about airplanes. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Man, it we seemed had, like a lot of fun. There was people clipping moments and, and putting out little, you know, Timestamps like you got to see this moment. You got to see this moment. <laughs> Ryan Doyle dropping knowledge, dropping some sarcasm, some fine Canadian sarcasm. Yes, Great <laughs> yes. Uh, JD's brother Ryan, who is a pilot, and uh, you know we we had Lee's buddy, who's a pilot, Brad lined up, but he had a flight to catch. Uh, so then we had another backup pilot in the wings. Yes, uh, but it's a lot of fun. So go check that NBA happy hour last night. Uh, we didn't go super super long. It's a it's a cool clean two hours of NBA <laughs> Simple. yeah right no problem yeah I was joking on it that we were going to talk to Ryan for 15 minutes and we ended up easily talking to him for an hour we had a million questions about the best snacks on a flight and like does he like it when people applaud <laughs> so, it's like we were in the, the cockpit with him though during a flight you know you totally. just got so much time up there you just chat and the plane's flying <laughs> itself like yeah let's just keep yeah. going <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So go check that out. Uh, keep your questions coming for next week's Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in nodunksattheathletic.com. You can tweet them in at nodunksinc or leave them in the YouTube comments. Anything and everything goes with Beach Steppin', NBA-related questions or not. So get those in. And finally, immaculate items always available for sale at nodunks.com. Okay, got some fun questions off of last night's games. Uh, and we got worst of the week. And we got Tweet of the Night, and it's a five-star Friday because oh, it's baby. the beginning of the month, basically. Well, we got a lot here in the drop, but we had Wedgie number 35 last night. Let's take a quick look. It was between the Wizards and the Pistons. It's like uh, yeah, nice. the, the tip variety there. I guess Plumley yeah. maybe gets credit for that one. Nice close-up. Mm. Really the nice humble Wedgie. Work. Just a humble quick one. 
Yeah. We hadn't had one in a while, though. Mm. So that's nice to get another one under our belt. 35. 15 to go to hit that uh, magical number of 50. And look at this. WedgieTracker.com. It's been updated, not only with the latest Wedgie, but there are new and gorgeous improvements <laughs> to this site. This might be the best website on the internet right now. Like, at, <laughs> no better detail. detail basketball-oriented website. You got shot location data. Can't wait to see the next step with this. The pace has slowed down a little bit, mm-hmm. but the website is on fire. Oh my God, we've added like historical numbers there now. There's a little Easter egg still on this site. Just incredible work. Yeah, I love that we have, uh, I guess we got a couple guys uh, that have been credited with two wedgies this year. PJ Washington, Miles Turner, and Mason Plumley now. And you got teams, the Wizards and the Blazers are tied for the most, you know, wedgies on the year. They've both nice. been involved whoa, at whoa, least whoa, in whoa. seven. PJ what, what, Washington what? and Washington Wizards. What's this? Oh, is whoa. Interestingly. Great catch. Great catch. Um, so go check that out. WedgieTracker.com. And uh, I'm always impressed how quick they're on it, too. Uh, you know, it happens. Sometimes, like last night, we didn't even tweet that one out until this morning uh, from the No Dunks account. But then it's there. It's like there in like 15 minutes. It, uh, amazing work. The so tracker never sleeps oh. in the stream team right now. Oh we my. are Wedgie oh, from the tracker themselves. Incredible stuff. Okay. So awesome. Wedgie's 35. Um Got a new little segment here. I'm calling it Grade It, okay? Very simple. I want you to grade the following statements, guys. One out of 10, everybody in the stream team can do it as well. One being the lowest, 10 being the highest. First one, we're starting with the Nuggets game. They dominated the first three quarters versus the Clippers last night. On a night when Jokic, you know, didn't reach double figures until he hit a three, like, with five minutes to go. Finished with 14, seven boards, seven assists. You know, pedestrian numbers for this guy. But, more importantly, the win moved Denver into a tie with the Clippers for fourth place in the West. So, Lee, we'll start with you here. I want you to grade Jokic's chances of winning MVP. One being no way in hell, buddy. Ten being a lock. Where do you, where do you drop that number? You know, this is like uh, we're judging the dunk contest. We're all yeah. Dwayne Wade here. Yeah, <laughs> I've got him at eight out of ten today. Uh, okay. I think he's got a strong case, and I'll outline what I think the pros and the cons are. Starting with the pros, he's got the numbers: twenty six points, eleven rebounds, eight assists, on great shooting splits: fifty seven, forty three, eighty seven. And on the defensive end, he's fifth in total steals in the league. Uh, so he's doing it at both ends, contributing there. His team is creeping closer and closer to that sort of presumed position in the standings or wins, if you like. It's probably more standings. He needs to be at least, I think, second or third. And you mentioned there they're tied with the Lakers at fourth and only one game back of the Clippers for third. So that win last night really was huge. Uh, they're still about three games back of the Suns, but they're within reach. I don't think they can get the Jazz. So I think at best... The, the, the Nuggets can finish second, and I think he needs to be at least second or third because I know Westbrook won it from sixth, but that just doesn't seem like that's going to happen again. And, and it, you know, like third, fourth, it's not the end of the world, but I think the higher the Nuggets are, the better it does for his uh, for his case. I also think what's good for Nikola Jokic, what's going for him, is he's got the attention. You know, he's being noticed. He's being talked about. I think that helps that sort of, that interest that, that people are sort of talking him into becoming MVP. It's not just within Denver. It's not just his coach or his teammates. I think the national conversation is like, Jokic is there. He's, he's right there. He doesn't have the flashy highlights and the big dunks or anything like that. But he has his own sort of highlights and, why, uh, you know, those shots that he makes that stand out that no one else really does. So... I think those things really help his case. I think now to the cons, 
Yeah. What's going against him is, first off, it's a very open field. Certainly the most open field we've had for a long time. Lots of worthy candidates. Each has a strong case, but each has a different case as well. You know, Embiid's injured right now. I think prior to that, he was probably the leader. James Harden and Giannis are both in that same sort of like, these guys can't win it again, can they? But maybe they can. <laughs> LeBron's obviously out injured right now. He had a really strong start, cooled off a little bit. And then you've got Damian Lillard as well, who might also, you know, if he can keep the Blazers uh, or, or get them elevated as well, Lillard's going to have a very strong say in this, I think. Mm-hmm. But the other con, I think, for Nikola Jokic, he's almost not greedy enough. You know, he's and you mentioned that game last night as a great example. You know, 14-7-7, and but his team won comfortably against a very good opponent, wire to wire. The game was in the end. I don't think the, uh, the the Clippers took the lead. It got down to one point there in the fourth, you know. But he still led his team in plus minus if you count that. But that to me just shows how uh, impactful he can be on a game without lighting up the box score. You know, Jamal Murray was great last night. Aaron Gordon had his best game. He obviously listens to the show. Aaron Gordon just run to the rim. He'll find you. Rise up and finish. You know, uh, uh, Michael Porter and Will Barton were also good. So Jokic to me isn't the sort of guy who wants to go out and have to score 35 points for his team to win. He's happy with the win last night. In fact, since Aaron Gordon has come over, they've won three games, and his numbers are fairly mild at 17-9 and nine since Aaron Gordon came, but they've played much better and, they're, you know, pretty, pretty good wins. So mm-hmm. in some ways, like when Giannis won his two MVPs, when Russell Westbrook won his MVP, even James Harden to an extent, it felt like those guys were just posting these gigantic numbers you know, once or twice a week, you know, 45 points, 18 rebounds, 12 assists. I just don't think we're going to see that from Jokic. It's more you just have to appreciate what he does on the court and how he gets, you know, and how he's happy with all the team contributing and how he gets those guys involved as well. Like from the way that he can either shoot the three, he can go inside, but he's also happy to just pass the ball around to find the best shot. So in some ways, you know, the team success while I think it's important for his MVP case, it can actually harm his MVP case in a way because he's not standing out as much when you're getting so many great contributions. I think Jamal Murray's improvement over the last month or so has really uh, been a big factor why Denver has, has gotten better. Mm-hmm. But um, Jokic to me isn't going to be like you know what I got to you know I got to put up 35 and 15 and 12 assists here. He was on track there for a while for averaging a triple double. I don't think he he could do it if he really went for it. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to go for it. So. In that sense, um, Jokic doesn't seem to me to be gunning for it. He's more, you know, he and Denver are more interested in just getting some wins and playing, uh, you know, good basketball, and they're doing that right now. And and how that will play out for the remainder of the season with Aaron Gordon uh, there is going to be interesting to see because if his numbers continue at the level they're at these last three games, then I think that's going to drop Jokic down a, a peg or two in the MVP race. But overall, where we stand today, I think he's got as strong a case as anybody. It just comes down to what you value and, and, and the position where the Nuggets are and do you think he does it at both ends and all, all those things. And is he having a better season than James Harden? Is he having a better season than Giannis or, or Damian Lillard? I, I think he probably is, but uh, there's still enough time here to, for things to move around a bit and, and, and maybe he drops in the, uh, in the standings, uh, drops in the, in the running, even if his team continues to win these games. 
Lee Ellis breaking it down here no on doubt. Friday. Jesus Murphy, man, the pros and the cons. I didn't think you were ever going to stop there for a second. I thought we were going to go the entire hour with you talking about it. But I'm loving the Wi-Fi connection lately. So Thumbs up to that. Yeah, I'm coming in crystal clear with all those points. And nice quick fact check on me. I did say they were tied with the Clippers. They're tied with the Lakers uh, right now, the Nuggets are. Okay, but he gave it an eight at the start of all that and then really broke it down for us. Tass, higher or lower or right with him there? With an 8 out of 10 of Jokic's chances of winning MVP, where do you fall? It's a niner right now. He is the leader by far for me. Uh, and I think that the, the team you know, excelling now, even though his numbers have dropped off, just helps because he's put up gaudy numbers already this year. And he doesn't need to do that anymore now that Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, even Will Barton, are playing off him better. So now mm-hmm. it's a balance of both. Now, you put up those gaudy numbers, everybody knows He's already got sort of a lead there with uh, with a bunch of his statistics. He's doing really, 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 really well in that department. I think he just needs to get to the top four. I don't think you're going to give a guy MVP if he doesn't have home court advantage. But in this year, as long as you get home court advantage, I think that's enough. And with the way they're playing off him, uh, that's that's it's perfect. It's perfect for, for Jokic right now because, yeah, he's already done the individual thing this year, and now he just needs a, a bump up of the teamwork, the team – performance just to get up to four and then I think he's good I think that's uh combined with everything that's happening around the league like LeBron being out mainly Embiid being out although he'll be back Saturday just missing 10 games I think Embiid's still in this race the the amount of games you miss is uh matters less this season than in the past but Jokic is absolutely in the lead for me so I, I would I would go nine. I think he's the number one guy. Okay. Well, we were losing you there at the end, but we got it. You got Weird. a nine there for uh, Jokic. Um, Trey, where do you fall? Both too low. This is a 10 or a 15 right now. Nikola Jokic is the MVP if the season ended today, and I think his numbers falling off, like Tass was saying, on what you need to know really prove the point. His willingness to take a step back, to integrate uh, Aaron Gordon, to make sure that Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are excelling and playing their best basketball is in the midst of an MVP-like campaign for Jokic. Just shows what a great leader and how devoted to actually turning this team around and making them into a winner he is. I think it's not a surprise that as Jokic's individual scoring numbers fall off, you're seeing all these other guys play so much better. The wins are piling up. I think they're going to finish top three in the Western Conference. They could maybe get to two, like we're saying. Right now, Jokic, no doubt, is the MVP. He's been the an MVP candidate since the first couple of weeks of the season. The reliability and the willingness to mold his game to what's best for the team, I think, uh, makes him a clear choice right now. What, what happens, though, Trey... And it's in play, of course. Denver's 30-18, and 18 and the Blazers are 29-18 and 18 here today on a Friday. What if the Blazers have a better record? Let's say they have three more wins, you know, than Jokic and the Nuggets. Uh, Lee said it. Lillard's got one hell of a case. Would them being ahead of them, you know, in seedings in the Western Conference, really, really push Lillard ahead of Jokic in a lot of people's that, that vote on this thing's eyes? Yeah, maybe. I, uh, there's, he will certainly have a similar case, I think, to, uh, to what Jokic has done, you know, carrying the, the Blazers as the number one guy. He's m- even more so of the number one guy, especially considering yeah. all the injuries that the Blazers had. But I don't know. It's just such a weird thing to me where it comes down to who your teammates are for the MVP. Like, that just uh, doesn't totally make sense to me. Jokic has been dominant since the very first week of the season. Lillard obviously has as well, but I don't know. It feels like we've been having Jokic in the top three uh, MVP candidates for a long part of the season, at least the top five. And, you know, Lillard 
has had to deal with the injuries before he actually started knocking on the door of MVP status. So to me, it is Jokic, but you can certainly make a case for Dame. Yeah, if you look at the MVP award tracker at Basketball Reference right now, Jokic number one with nearly 50% probability of winning this thing. Harden second, Giannis third, Dame fourth, and then Kawhi is there at fifth. Obviously, LeBron's down there. And guys like Kyrie's on the list and Luca and Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert. I'm interested to just see where he ends up landing. He ain't going to win the thing. But uh, I saw someone asking us the other day, like, why is Gobert not at the uh, MVP table? Where is he in the conversation? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think he is actually going to warrant some votes. I think it's more likely he just wins another defensive player of the year. And rightfully so. Um, But... I started like, where did Joakim Noah land that one time in like the MVP standing? Fourth. It was uh, fourth, fourth yeah, right? Fourth. I was like, so I'm like, is that that far fetched that yeah. Gobert is like a top five? Uh, maybe because there's just so many like talented guys as we've listed here, but he'll get some votes and, and probably deserve them. Let's hear from you guys in the stream team. How you grading Jokic's chances? We had an eight, a nine, and a and a ten and a fifteen there from from <laughs> Trey Kirby. I so. didn't know. I wasn't sure if he would let me go over the oh, upper yeah. limit, but right now he's a ten for me. But I mean, Lee made the case. But one of the craziest things you said: this guy doesn't have flashy highlights. You're well, talking about Nikola Jokic. The I, guy's got the he sexiest. Dunks, I I, I'm <laughs> saying he has his own style of highlights. Like he doesn't, you know, he's not the Westbrook dunking all over, like Giannis dunking all over guys. He has his, you know, the the driveway dad shot, which is great. We appreciate, but you know, it doesn't. I just don't think that stands out the same way that uh, Giannis's highlights did when he was, you know, dunking all over people to win oh, MVP. People say Giannis is boring, mate. I'm sure I've heard the same from you. Oh, just a spin move and a dunk. Anybody can I've do that. Not to mention most dunks ever for <laughs> Nikola Jokic. I know. This but- is crazy to me. Skeets is saying that Zion has overrated highlights. Oh, because Jesus. He doesn't would you drop that already? <laughs> I know. That was like, I still can't believe you said that because it just gives ammo for every dunk from here on uh, out yeah. for Zion. I'm not afraid to bring the hot takes, the truthful takes that the NBA was trying to force him down our throat. That's the truth. Damn I it. guess they were right to do it considering considering he's one of the 10 best guys in the league instantly as soon Ooh. as he gets healthy anyways and then we got Lee saying that uh that there's no sexy dunks from Nikola Jokic come on guys appreciate the other stuff I know you do you don't just need to see the slammer jammers yeah he's got uh, the assist highlights no one's gonna argue that, that was he's got the clutch highlights he's got yeah. the driveway dad dirks he's got things you never see on a basketball court I think for the first time people are saying Jokic is so unique He's got he has got that such a unique package. I know they've been saying it for a while, but now that he is excelling, I think people just appreciate everything he's doing. Like he is getting that narrative of you gotta watch Jokic. He is the most unique player in the NBA. Uh, even though the dunks aren't necessarily sexy, Wi-Fi. What's up, Wi-Fi? I got some issues over here. Huh? Yeah, Lee, what'd you do to Tass? You infected him somehow. This is weird. I'm hardwired. What is going on? Oh, wow. Yeah, he is hardwired. I forgot about that. Man, who knows? You know, it's the first of the month, too, Taz. You'd think the Wi-Fi and the internet would be at its strongest uh, (laughs) early on in the month. Okay, next one here, guys. Let's keep it going. LaMarcus Aldridge made his Nets debut last night. And i got to say, it looked pretty damn good there. Uh, He started at center, had 11 points, 9 boards, 6 assists. LaMarcus Aldridge looking like a good fit there for a Nets team that uh, won for their 20th time. In their last 23 games. So, Tass, get us started and uh, go ahead and grade LaMarcus Aldridge's Brooklyn Nets debut. Well, this is a tenor. Uh, people did not think that LaMarcus Aldridge had much left because of how he was, you know, bought out by the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, you can't start on the Spurs. What's going on? Well, obviously, in a lesser role with the Brooklyn Nets, they don't need him to do too much. He's going to be phenomenal. 
if he just can be uh, at least somewhat mobile on defense. And he showed that even though he's plotting a little bit, you know, he's kind of has the uh, a bit of the, like that. It is a bit Zion-like. It's kind of like waddling, like left to right. That's how he runs. But it is absolutely what the Nets need. Now, he didn't, he didn't score 25 and drop 15 or have 15 rebounds, but that's not what, what's needed. So, uh, you know, if we're grading this, he is giving them absolutely everything that they need. And uh, he was passing the ball great. He had six assists in this game. You can throw to him wherever. And he's not going to take up room in the lane. Like, at first I thought, you know, maybe maybe LaMarcus gets a little too close to the lane and Kyrie and Harden and Durant can't dance. Uh, but he can still pull it out, you know, to the three-point line. That's why they got him, because he, he can do something that DeAndre Jordan can't. And the fact is, he's taking DeAndre Jordan's minutes. And, you know, even though... You know, we've all been talking about basketball for a long time. I don't think anyone mentioned that, that he can just come in and take DeAndre Jordan's minutes, the guy who's least effective of all their big men, mm-hmm. and be a better DeAndre Jordan, be a better scorer, obviously. And as long as he can, you know, body up guys and play decent defense, uh, he doesn't have to play 30 minutes a game. But DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation, LaMarcus Aldridge in, it's an upgrade. It's bonkers, but they just upgraded at the buyout f- with LaMarcus Aldridge. So, yeah, this is this is amazing. This is totally, totally amazing. Now, teams might try and pick on him uh, when it comes to the playoffs defensively, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, they've got a bunch of options. And really, the only question is for Steve Nash, how do I figure out this rotation? That's the mm-hmm. biggest issue because L.A. can score uh, and he, if he can defend a bit, he obviously looks rejuvenated like Blake Griffin did. It's only one game, but it, like Blake Griffin coming in and dunking for the first time as a member of the Nets this season uh, when he had zero with the Pistons. L.A. looks like a new player with, uh, with the Nets as well. I mean, he's going for a championship here. So, I, man, it's, it's a little ridiculous how much talent they have. And, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge can still, he can still pot it. He can still, he can still do it. So... Man, it's a tenor. I, I don't know how you grade it even lower. Trey, is it a perfect debut, like Tass says, for LaMarcus Aldridge? I'll go a little bit lower. I'll give him a nine. He was incredible, but, you know, he did shoot just four for ten. I would have thought it was a little a uh, bit better than that, just seeing the way that he played. But this is why small market teams are really pissed about these buyouts. Everybody going to the Nets, putting on those tie-dye uniforms, instantly rejuvenated. He gives the Nets uh, a new weapon that they didn't really have. I think that, you know, there are going to be times in the playoffs where teams are going to want to switch every single screen against uh, against the Nets. Maybe that would be, you know, if, if Jeff Green is playing the five, if they're playing some small ball five and they got all perimeter guys out there, mm-hmm. the defense decides, okay, we're going to switch every single thing. And you saw last night with Aldridge catching guys like uh, Caleb Martin down in the post. That's a place where Aldridge is still a killer. He's still yeah. got that size. He's really able to punish the switches. So just the new sort of weapon, a weapon that the, that the Nets didn't have right now, a legitimate scoring big guy in the post. Cause yeah, you don't necessarily need 25 from Aldridge. You're not going to need 25 minutes from him every single night. But if there's a time when he has a favorable matchup and he can just turn and shoot over the littler guys, that's going to be a problem. Uh, and you know, you can see you can see with Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge kind of instantly having an impact for these for the Nets after with uh, both Harden and and uh, Kevin Durant being out and the Nets taking zero step back. I mean, 
I don't know. It, I'm, it does feel a little bit like sour grapes, the small market teams complaining about uh, players, buyout players going to chase rings. It's been happening forever. And as we've said before, when the good teams happen to be in small markets, OKC, Cleveland, they also get the players. But when you see all-stars just basically checking out of the last couple of years of their contract so they can go somewhere to play and then instantly giving a whole bunch more effort and being better. That's why people say that the buyout market needs to be fixed. Maybe mm-hmm. they need to go to the sort of baseball style waiver wire thing where once you are bought out or released, waived from your team, everybody has a chance. It's just yeah. whoever puts in the highest bid. And I don't know. I mean, when we are coming on here saying, hey, it's not a big deal. These buyout guys don't really have an impact. But then two of them have an impact instantly. That's a tough take. They had an impact, but it was in a blowout win over the Hornets. I mean, the game was like a 30-point, you know, uh, Nets lead early. So, you know, not. and he was starting, so he was a part of that lead. But, uh, you know, are we going maybe a little overboard on just uh, this one game versus the Hornets? Or do you like what you see? Like these guys are saying, like he's a new wrinkle yeah. for uh, Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets. Like go it to him in the post and he can get that shot off for everyone. This guy's listed as 6'11". He's 7 feet tall. You cannot convince me otherwise. We have been around this guy. You're always giving us that list, Trey, of the big guys, uh, seven feet tall guys. They hit a bunch of threes. Yeah, he we'll should be on it because he's seven feet tall. This guy is huge in person, but uh, what would you think, Lee? Yeah, he hit one last night too. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it an eight just because it was a bit of a snooze of this game, unfortunately. It was over in that first quarter. And of the four field goals, he hit three of them came within about a two-minute span there in the second quarter where the Nets were like, all right, let's go to him, go to work. He hit a nice little uh, post up in the lane. He hit a turnaround. Then I think he hit the three. And then he passed out a couple of times and they hit other threes. So it just showed. He was like, yeah, I'll get a couple of shots. I haven't played for a while. But then I'll also just get other guys involved here. I'm not here. to. I don't need to score, you know, 20, 25. I just need to get a couple of looks in. And and he knocked them in. So it was pretty much an ideal scenario there for the Nets that he gets to play 30 minutes. He gets some shots. He gets his feel back in a pretty easy win. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't really ever close this game. So, uh, you know, it was good. He, he looked good. He looked like uh, he trimmed down a bit as well. There's something happens when you go from uh, the, you know Texas to uh, Brooklyn. I think you just lose a bit of weight, like James Harden. You know, he trimmed down, and Aldridge always looked looked a little bigger. I thought in San Antonio, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe shed a few pounds before he went up there to Brooklyn. But even yeah. in those tie dye jerseys, I don't know. I'm so convinced that he looked. Uh, I thought he looked. He's usually a, playing in black in Portland and then yeah. in San Antonio. I don't know like, what it was, but he looked. He just looked a little thinner to me. But uh, you, you know, it, it, that's exactly what the Nets. So they're going to use. You know, I know he started last night. He's likely to come off the bench when they're all healthy. And if he can just come out, hit a few of those baskets in in short spurts, uh, he's going to be great for them. So because he's he's such a a guy who understands as well. Like one on one, he can turn around and hit that shot. If the double comes, he's more than happy to pass it out. And the Nets have got plenty of guys who can hit those three. So he's uh, he's going to be valuable for them in in that in that role there for them. Whether it's in that second unit or slotting into the starting lineup as he as he did last night. Why would he come off the bench though? Who's going to come back and take his starting lineup? Well, Kevin Durant position? probably. So Kevin Durant and Jeff Green, you mean Jeff Green's going to start at the center spot? Because he took DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan was starting, DeAndre Jordan went DNPCD. Yeah, I think DeAndre Jordan starts, though, normally, and they bring Aldridge off the bench if everyone's healthy. You think so? Oh, that's interesting. So you think this was like a, hey, it's your first time here. Well, yeah, he's ready to go get him out there. I mean, they weren't going up. I mean, who was it? Uh, Biombo, I guess, last night. Like, he was there, get him in the starting lineup. I mean... But I think I think their normal starting lineup will be back to DeAndre Jordan to start the games. And then, uh, hmm. you know, I, I think it's better to have Aldridge because if they have Durant, Harden and Kyrie, they don't need Aldridge out there for scoring. They need him to come off the bench to, you know, to, to replace 
Kevin Durant, you know, so it's like, okay, great. We've got another scorer because that's primarily what he's there for. Yeah, I think Nets fans would be happiest from last night that Claxton still got his yeah. run. He got his minutes, and Tass said, you know, it was the DNP CD for uh, for Jordan, not Claxton. Yeah, so, I mean, Jordan Jordan that. has been frustrating, and Claxton has absolutely sort of, I think, made it difficult for Steve Nash there because Claxton gives them energy at both yeah, ends. Yeah, he has to sort of find minutes for him for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, we'll see whether or not... Uh, I think Aldridge might continue to start. I'm sort of with you on that one, Tess. And uh, we might just not be seeing a lot of DeAndre Jordan unless there's yeah. an injury to uh, somebody in front of him. And that's a good thing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. All right. the numbers for you, Skeetsy. Yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge, 24th all-time on the three-pointers oh. list among six foot eleven players <laughs> in NBA history. A surprising name at number three. I'll tell you that the all-time leader... For exactly six foot eleven guys in three point history, Charlie Villanueva. Charlie Villanueva has made the third most three pointers of anyone six foot eleven and taller in NBA history. Wow! What? Charlie Villanueva was six eleven? Sure, I guess so. At least according to Did not think he was that tall. Wow! Yeah. Wow. Seven hundred and sixteen threes in a ten year career ahead of his time. Wow. (laughs) Really? Yes, I would. I would say so. Surprising. Okay. So where would I mean, you don't need to look it up. But if Aldridge was, because he is a seven-footer, he's hit like over 200, right, in his career. Yeah. Like, would that have him super high on that list? Like, the Luke Cornette list? Oh, the Cornette list. He's he's ahead of Cornette. Yeah. Uh, I think he's 14th for... for six seven. foot eleven guys, so I think that puts him in the top ten. I think that puts him in the top ten for seven footers if they round up. For okay, him. <laughs> okay, great. This is what you're tuning in for. I love yeah. it. Okay, <laughs> we had another debut. Victor Oladipo. He made his Miami debut, and uh, it helped the Heat get a victory. I mean, everybody played well, no doubt. Uh, everybody got in on the fun in their win over the Warriors, one sixteen one oh nine. It was their third straight victory. They're backed over five hundred. They're twenty five and twenty four. Oladipo, uh, six points, five assists, three boards, two steals. Okay, filling up the box score there. But Trey, grade the Heat's chances of going back to the NBA Finals. So what number are you throwing on this one? I'm gonna give this one a six. I tried yeah. mathing it out. I had a little bit of a formula, but it's super confusing. Um, anyways, <laughs> come playoff time, I do think the Heat are gonna be tough. Uh, going to be tough to beat. They play defense. We know they can at least get hot from three. One of the reasons that their offense has fallen off this season is that they've gone from 38% three-point shooting uh, in the 19-20 season to 34% this year. But they've hit 15 or more threes 14 times this season. They're 10-4 and four when they do that. The shooting is obviously still there. It just hasn't been quite as reliable this year. Obviously, with uh, Jimmy Butler, they've got a tough shot maker when the games get close. And... The Heat have great coaching in Eric Spolstra. So I think, um, at the very least, they're in the top half of the Eastern Conference playoffs. It seems likely to me they'll end up with home court advantage. They probably end up at the four seed. I'll give that five points. That's five points right there since they're in the top half. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can beat the Nets. That's the team to beat in the East right now. But I think they could take down the Sixers and Bucks. Matchups and health, that's going to really influence the series picks when we get down into it. But it doesn't seem unreasonable that the Heat would beat either the Six or the Bucks. Am I right on that? Yeah. No, I would agree yeah. with that. All right. yeah. What, what yeah. do you grade it, Lily? Yeah, I'm about a seven for the same reason. that The Heat is the one team that really home court advantage doesn't make uh, that much of a difference because we know come playoff time, they're just a different team like they were last season. They were, they were just so much better because they know how to win in the playoffs. And so the only team that I think can really make it tough for them because of their offensive power is the Nets. I think, I mean, the Sixers and the Bucks should go in as favorite against them because they've just had a better season. 
But we just know that that doesn't matter because uh, Jimmy Butler gets up for the playoffs and he changes the way that he plays and he can grind out those victories a little more. So I think uh, I think that the Heat are probably the most dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. But you know they still they still have to win those early series as well to get uh, deeper into the playoffs. So yeah. they're they're a bit of they've been a bit up and down. They've won three in a row after losing six in a row. So maybe they've sort of gotten themselves back on track a little bit here. But uh, from just, again, what we saw in the bubble last year, you know that Jimmy Butler, he he just cruises for the regular season and he gets up for the playoffs. And uh, he knows he's probably in the head a little bit of the Bucks from last season. And the Sixers, you know, they're a good team, but they, they wouldn't scare Miami, I don't think. I think the Heat would feel pretty confident in a series against them. They're they're pretty happy with last night's victory, I think, Tass. Again, it's over the Warriors. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not like a world beater over there in Golden State. But, like, everybody contributing to the Heat. Like, if you look at the box score, I mean, they had some guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and even Iguodala late in this game. Like, guys were hitting shots, and that's huge because we know their defense is great. But uh, how would you grade their chances? These guys are going 6-7, and seven, a little higher than I maybe thought. Where do you put them? Well, I think in that heat locker room, they believe that they can turn it on a little bit at the right time because they did it last year and they've got enough guys uh, that are playing well. And, yeah, they're going to use this 25-game run here at the end to get Victor Oladipo to be um, sort of to be their Dragic, maybe be a little their hero from last year to try and get him, push him to the hole, be athletic and and try and be that guy who fills in nicely. I don't know if that's going to work out, uh, but I think, yeah, there's a – there's a good chance they get into the playoffs and you know try like they could peak like they did last year. I, I could see that happen. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean it's did not... they peak last year though because they were actually in a bubble? That is the big question mark for me. Like we talked about it. Like is any team more built for this weird environment where you know we're living in hotels and you're seeing the opposition right there and you're they not like traveling room service. at all? They yeah, they got the big face coffee. Yeah, they love it. They like literally did really seem they to embrace them. oddly enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So. That's my huge question mark, which is why I have them much lower. I think it's more likely they lose in the first round than get to the finals, that's for sure. But So I guess I'm going to fall somewhere like at a four or five, so a little bit lower than you guys. Cause, well, they'd face, yeah. they'd face the ahead. Hornets right now in the first round. Charlotte would have home court. So you would, you'd pick Charlotte to win that series? No, I think a lot of people would probably pick Miami yeah. to win that. Yeah. It's okay. almost, it, but that's you got to still win three. I'm asking you to get to the finals. you got to yeah. win two more series. Well, that's the, the thing. It's one. almost probably, you know, in some ways, better for the Heat to finish sixth so that they would face the Bucks in that first round and not the Nets in the second round. They wouldn't face the Nets until the mm. finals in that sense. But, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so you're playing the – you're looking yeah. ahead a little too much there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for Spolder. Look, they're a good team. And yeah. it's like – it just comes down to like, yeah, can you just get some – can you get any offense to pair with your great defense? Because uh, that's always there. I mean, they're going to keep those teams like in the 90s, sometimes in the 80s. But they got to get some of these guys to hit shots. And, like, again, last year, you know, Crowder was hitting a lot of those shots, right? Obviously, Drogic was really special in yeah. the bubble. So, you know, he's sort of, you know, hit and miss right now. Maybe Oladipo, like you said, Tass, is uh, that sort of, like, Drogic, sort of, like, the second go-to guy offensively for that team. You know, it's funny, though. We're sitting here. We're talking about Aldridge's debut with Brooklyn before we're talking about Oladipo's debut with Miami. I don't know what that says, you know. Because again, I think he it wasn't was good. Old Depot's debut yeah. wasn't all that good. Right, I mean, he right. missed a well, lot of shots. Yeah. He, he missed every three he took. Uh, he turned it over a ton. But he, like he was playing heat basketball. He was moving it, unlike right. you know what he he did uh, earlier this year in Houston. And he played. And and I think I I underrated his defense. Uh, just kind of forgot about it because I just watch him on the offensive end. Chuck 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 earlier this season. But he's a really good defender, and that's why he's going to fit in with the Heat. 
Uh, he had some really good possessions defensively, but offensively is my question. I don't know why he just—he's just not. He's not Vic from a couple of years ago, and it's—is it the injury still? I mean, he looks, can look athletic, but uh, he just hasn't looked amazing quite yet. I think that's the good thing, though, for the Heat, is that they don't need Victor Oladipo from 2017. They need Goran Dragic from 2020. And I think that between mm. Oladipo and Dragic, now they've got kind of two shots at one of those guys being the second or third option, along with the shooters, uh, for for the Heat. You know, it doesn't have to be Dragic doing it every single night in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It can be Dragic some nights. It can be Oladipo some nights. Maybe Kendrick Nunn gets hot. Maybe it's a seven three-point game from... Uh, Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, they just kind of up their ceiling a little bit for very cheap. And I, I mean, if, you, if you're seeing the game last night, you got to be encouraged with Trevor Ariza made a couple of threes and Nemanja mm-hmm. Bialica made a couple of threes. He's got a little bit more size. You'd think one of those two guys is kind of going to solidify uh, that four spot for the Heat, kind of replacing the Jay Crowder role. I mean, we'll yeah. see what Ariza does come playoff time. He's a proven playoff performer, but he's been out of the league for a little bit, whereas Bialica... Hasn't he, I don't even know if he's gotten a taste of the playoffs. I doubt that that is the case, being a Wolf and a, and a Sacramento King for his career. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that they got a lot better at the deadline for basically giving up guys who were out of their rotation. The, the ceiling is just a little bit better. They knew that the offense hasn't been good enough this year. They need somebody else who can co- put pressure on the rim. And, you know, I think that as Oladipo gets a little bit more comfortable playing in there in Miami, at least getting to the hoop is something that he can he can bring to that team. Totally. Right. I, th- I think the difference is uh, with, with Vic, he turned down a two mil- or two-year, 40-plus million dollar extension with the Rockets, and now he's going to the Miami Heat to be a, a player that fits in. And that's just where it doesn't compute for me. Like, uh, in theory, Victor Oladipo's a really talented guy. Yeah, he could be, you know, Goran Dragicic from last year, but... He's playing for a contract, and so I wonder if that if that plays into how he plays. Like, if he wants to be part of the Heat culture and just fit in, then, God, they got a guy for nothing. But if he is a guy who wants a max deal, then maybe he's not going to be so happy to, going to a place that he really, really wanted to go to. So it just doesn't equate in my brain. But the, the fit on the basketball floor definitely works. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Final one here. Clint Capella. He flirted with some big beef last night, Trey. I think he got up to 17 boards. Uh, Trey Young did damage late. Hawks overcame two late meltdowns to beat the Spurs 134-129 in double overtime. Bit of a wild game here. So the question is, you know, grade the Hawks' chances of a first-round upset. You know, they're trying to get into the playoffs still. So I think it's got to be low because they're not a lock to even get in there, let alone an upset. I'm putting this... I'm putting it at a two. I was going to go one, the lowest we can do here in grade it, but I'm going two because I like at least what's happening with the Hawks recently. 
Uh, Bogdanovich is coming around for them. Mm-hmm. He looks like what we thought he was going to be. He had a 28 points, four or five from three in this game. So that's good. Trey Young, I mean, he had a floater to win it that rolled off the rim at the end of regulation. And I always find games like this really funny, right? Like we're excited, the Hawks. Wow, you see the score. If you didn't watch the game, you're like, oh, 134, 129. Wow, nice win against the Spurs there in double overtime. You know, Trey Young. A scoring or assisting on everything late. This is all good, by the way. I mean, Trey Young was pretty awesome in the overtimes. But, like, if you went back and watched the end of regulation, there's no way they should have been in overtime, Lee. Like, the Hawks, like, had a pretty brutal meltdown to let the Spurs even have a chance in one and then two overtimes. It was just, like, a weird game that way. But, again, I would love if all the Hawks players could all be healthy all at once. Because, like, now Collins is out. Of course, we're still missing Hunter. But, again, Bogdanovich is there now. Gallinari is, uh, is there. You can exploit him a little bit still. Um, the offense can on defense. But, you know, he had a big shot in the corner late. You know he can shoot it, and he's had playoff experience. So they're like a they're still, they're a weird team to figure out still. But they've got a little more spunk to them. So if they get in there to the playoffs... I don't think they're going to be an easy out. I don't think they're going to be a pushover. I think they would win a game or two, but very low chances to pull off an upset, which is why I put it at a two. Uh, what do you think, Lee? Yeah, I'm about the same because they're not going to upset Brooklyn. Then it's Milwaukee or Philadelphia, and I, I can't see them upsetting them. But I also don't think they get swept in that series. I no. think they can. I think they can win maybe two games even in that series because uh, they've performed well at times and they're playing much better actually under Nate McMillan. Um, you know, I'd, I'd criticize the move of firing Lloyd Pierce, but they played better. And that, that play you talk about there, the floater at the end, that was an awesome play drawn up yeah. by Nate McMillan because he got it at the top. He was going to the basket. It just rimmed out. Otherwise, that uh, that's a great way to win the game. So they got the win in the end anyway, which is important. Um, but yeah, they just feel to me they're just not quite able to... Uh, they're not better than, than, than Milwaukee or, or Philadelphia, certainly in a uh, seven-game series. But... Things are improving anyway. It was looking pretty dire there for a while for the for the Hawks that they may not even make the play-in tournament. And now they've got themselves to a position where, you know, anything less than... I mean, if they can get up to six, that'd be great. I think they're probably more likely to be in that play-in tournament area. So if they can get to that first and then win through there... I think that'll be a success for them, and then uh, and then let's just see what they're like in the players. Let's see how Trey Young can stand up because, you know, he's he's good. He's a good player, and he uh, like last night he hit some big shots, and he sort of did control that game late for the Hawks. So that's what they need from him. Mm-hmm. Just don't think they're quite ready yet for that next level, which is uh, a playoff series victory. Yeah, they would be in the play-in tournament if it all stopped here today. The regular season did. They're the seventh seed. They would play the eighth seed, just to remind everyone how the play-in tournament works. Uh, so the seventh versus the eighth seed would play. Hawks versus Celtics right now. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Not great if you're a Hawks fan, I think. But if you win that, then you're the seventh seed. The loser of that game then has to play the winner of the ninth and tenth seeds battle. Right now, that would be, I think, the Pacers and the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So one of those teams would then be playing, uh, again, for that final, final seed there, the eighth seed. But... Tass, put a grade on it, you know, or even talk about the game, what you've seen from the Hawks lately. What, what, what do you think their chances of pulling off a first-round upset this year are? Well, probably zip, zilch, zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, at the same time, I'm pumped for them. You just mentioned the Bulls. Like, why can't we look at them sort of like the Bulls? Like, this is they've kind of had a second season here, just like the Bulls did uh, where they acquired uh, Vucevic at the trade deadline. The Hawks started this season horribly, and mainly because all their guys were out. And now they're all healthy, uh, generally, and they look a lot better. And so they're growing. And I think that's the important part. I think Trey Young, uh, yeah, he controlled this game. 
and he didn't have to fire away. Like we're talking about Nikola Jokic's stats since acquiring Aaron Gordon. Trey Young has stopped shooting a lot of the time as well. And this is a double overtime game. If this is a regular Trey Young double overtime game, he's going for 44 and taking 30 shots. But I think mm-hmm. Nate McMillan has told him to buckle down, get everybody else involved, and that's helped. Their structure. Uh, Chris Kirshner on The Athletic uh, got a, a one-on-one interview with Bogdan Bogdanovich where he outlined everything that's happened. He was really open about Nate McMillan taking over from Lloyd Pearson, how they've gotten a lot more structure uh, mm-hmm. under McMillan, and they believe in McMillan, and, and the fact that he was an NBA player has really helped. And I think Trey Young is, is definitely globbed on to uh, what McMillan is selling there. So uh, I think they're, they're growing. They're, they're, they're moving along at three and four at, through the first seven games of an eight-game very tough trip is a great start. That's right. really, really, really productive. And so that, that to me is, yeah, maybe, maybe when you look at the top of the Eastern Conference, there's probably zero chance of them knocking off the top three. They'd have to fight for somebody uh, against somebody in the four or five spot. But, uh, yeah, things haven't worked out perfectly for Atlanta the first, you know, 30 games of the season. Uh, but now sitting uh, here at 24 and 24, that's solid. It's mm-hmm. a solid, solid uh, wave. Uh, if you look back, if we zoom out from, from the beginning of the season and if they were going to be 500, you'd think that's all right. So, you know, this play-in tournament, it kind of screws with teams' developments, right? Because, you, you, like you mentioned, you laid it all out there, Skeets. Thanks for laying it out because I totally forget how this play-in <laughs> tournament know, it works. It is confusing. Uh, but now a team finishes 7th or 8th, and it's like, did they get better? I mean, you kind of, you kind of degrade what they did. You kind of downgrade it a little bit. Uh, than you would have in the past, right? Like if the mm-hmm. team makes the playoffs in the seventh or eighth seed just straight up, you'd say, oh, this team has grown 500. The Hawks are doing good. Uh, but now they're in a play-in tournament. So it's just, it's there, it's not as big of an achievement. Uh, but I think this is a, a really solid uh, month here under Nate McMillan. I, I was a hater at first and not buying into it. And I think even at first it was a little bit of fool's gold. But now this road trip's proved to me that they're playing together and they're playing pretty solid, and and that was without John Collins last year or last night, I should say. So, uh, a good good run here for the Hawks. Nate McMillan gets his teams to the playoffs, Trey. That's what he does. Now he doesn't have a lot of success once he gets into the playoffs. almost zero, yeah, almost zero. But he success. does get them there. But how do you grade this as we wrap this up? Well, my question would be if the Hawks win the play-in tournament. Does that count as a first-round upset? <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So if they beat the Celtics, let's say. In a in a do or die to take the seventh seed, does that count? I mean, in their world, maybe yeah. But uh, I think that would be a win. I no. think that would be huge. So yeah, yeah, I was coming in thinking a one, but if we're gonna give that uh, credit as a first round upset, I'm happy to bump this up to a two because you mentioned it, Skeets. Nate McMillan, his teams make it to the playoffs. One series win in 16 Ooh. years. The Hawks obviously haven't made it. They haven't dealt with the hot house of the playoffs. Trey Young hasn't had to deal with being the number one game plan for a coach, and that's all they're focusing on yet. He hasn't had to deal with what's going to happen uh, when some of the foul calls draw dry up in the playoffs for, for moves that he usually makes and gets to the free throw line during the regular season. Things obviously change come playoff time, but getting to the playoffs – Winning the play-in tournament, like if they go in, if they beat the Celtics uh, in the play-in tournament, send the Celtics to play the winner of 9 versus 10, that's a playoff win to me right there, beating a team in the Celtics who has been established in the Eastern Conference three times to the conference finals in the past four years. So if the Hawks take them down, yeah, that counts for me, especially just you're seeing the growth of the team here. Like, I think what happened is that we all have a lot of respect for Lloyd Pierce, 
and I personally feel very grateful to him for helping flip Georgia Blue. I think he was actually a huge, huge part of that, mm-hmm. but it was clearly the right move to move to Nate McMillan as a coach. He's got the guys playing harder. He's got them a little bit more organized, and things just make more sense. Teams play well underneath Nate McMillan, and we're seeing that with the Hawks. All right, fun new segment. Let us know if we should keep it. Grade it, we're calling it. Not graded. Shout out to Graden Gordon. In fact, you know what? Let's just call the segment Graden. Yeah, why not? We all need mustaches while we're doing it. <laughs> oh, okay. I like it. Uh, let's get to Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. Three candidates for you here. The first one, it's the basketball community. Maybe it's on the NBA as a whole because we don't know the rules of the game we love. It happens every once in a while, guys. We'll be in a situation in the game where the experts, even the experts like us or like the real players who have played on the broadcast, they say, uh, what's the right call? What's the rule? It happens all the frickin' time, and it's really strange. It's happened so many times. Even this season, like Thursday night, when DeMar DeRozan driving to the hoop, he gets hacked, the ball comes out of his hands, he catches it, and then scores, and it's called a continuation. So there was a foul. Mm -hmm. The the whistle happens. The ball is in the air when the whistle is blown. He catches it and scores. Now, is that continuation? Uh, See, nobody knows. That's the weird thing about basketball. We've watched it for one million years, and we don't (laughs) know whether or not that's a continuation. Isn't it? I find that strange. And even Sean Elliott on the broadcast... Uh, who's yeah, uh, yeah, a player, a champ, He's he was even perplexed. Like, nobody nobody knows each and every little rule. Maybe there's too many rules. Maybe there's, it's just a gray area. But either way, was that a continuation, do you think? Well, DeRozan was, ma- he was, yeah, he was attacking the rim to shoot the ball here, it looks like. Like, he's going for the layup. Now the foul, like, he's going up with it when he gets fouled. But, yeah, then it pops out of his hands. I would say yes. But yeah, I don't know if I'm wrong. That's yeah. just a long gather to me. The longest <laughs> of gathers. Count yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it did count. Okay. It definitely did yeah. count. Um, some, some, yeah, on the broadcast, some say, God, no, no, that's a discontinuation. I mean, it was discontinued. <laughs> I mean, it, that I mean, it was stopped. Lee, what's your take? Well, the continuation rule does befuddle me still, night after night, because there are some times where it's clear a guy uh, has shot the ball and he's in the process of shooting, and they say, no, that's on the ground. And then there's other times where it's yeah. like, it seems like the guy can take a step and a dribble and like, yep, that continuation. So it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult one. But I would say because it sort of, you know, it stayed with him in that movement. That's why they called it a continuation. Right? That's, it's, it's the still that one play. But you're rightly, I mean, we've seen a million plays yeah. where that's just called a foul on the ground. Exactly, to, yeah. Like, get get rid of the whole part of him actually losing the ball. Yeah, like, um, yeah, you've seen what, whatever they the determine to be in the process of shooting still seems to just be down to the referee's interpretation right. from play to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and DeMar DeRozan's smoothness sure helped him get that mm-hmm. call. So I agree. Demar staying smooth, staying underrated in in San Antonio. That's what maybe he does. that's the next frontier for guys driving into the hoop. You know, if you're, it took a while for James Harden to master his move, where he like you know reaches the ball yeah. out, yeah. brings it up through your arms. This extends it another three feet. 
you think it's ridiculous, but somebody could figure that out to do it in the lane. I mean, it would be a, it'd be a risky maneuver, but if like, it counts, throw it, throw you it mean to like yourself? letting it yeah, go? Kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of like just like just a little toss ahead. It really throws the defense's timing off, draws a foul. There's an inefficiency here. It's not a bad call. That's true. I mean, they could make it happen. Players could make it work. Right. They're talented. Yeah. That's a, it's very risky. Yeah, let it go of the ball. It's, <laughs> it's very risky. <laughs> All right. Uh, candidate number two here. It's the Utah Jazz announcers. Craig Bowlerjack and Matt Harpering, because of their mm. reaction or lack thereof to their own guy, Rudy Gobert, throwing down a huge dunk. Like, they had no reaction. Now, I will say, before you listen and, and watch it, that there could have been some tech difficulties because Bowler Jack is reading scores as the play happens. Mm-hmm. He may not have seen it. He's looking at a website or monitors in these weird times, probably. But Harpering definitely did because he commented on it. Uh, but then they didn't say anything, so that tech excuse, it goes out the window. Anyways, it's unbelievable, so I had to explain that. But have a listen to the dunk live. Losing record, 22-25. and 25. Check some scores around the league. Midway through the fourth quarter, Rockets up on top of Brooklyn, 101-95. Watch the pass here. Gobert, Ingles, pick and roll. I mean, he goes up, and he goes up and gets a good one here. The definition or, or the explanation of a monstrous dunk for Rudy Gobert was, he gets a good one here. Yeah, I know. I mean, he got fouled. <laughs> That's like one of Gobert's maybe <laughs> yeah. greatest Dude. dunks of his career. I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Like, it's on the top five yeah. for, for yeah. his dunks. Yeah. yeah. He could yeah. be an MVP candidate. Yeah. <laughs> he just had the best dunk of his career. I, I, and nobody I says anything. I 100% think you're right, though. Yeah. Who is it? Bowler Jack? Play-by-play? Uh, yeah. Play. yeah. He's, he's definitely reading the score, so he's likely not looking at the play. But because if you notice, they got the bug up in the in the bottom yeah. of the of the, um, the, showing, the screen. Yeah, they're showing the scores from out it's of town. time. Yeah. And it's actually a well done play by the producer because Bullerjack's going to go through the scores in theory. There's more than that one game that he said because the dunk happens. That score bug, that little uh, showing you all the other scores, it disappears immediately. I think the producer was like, holy crap, Gobert just like posterized a guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's say let's talk here. about it. Yeah, but then there's then nothing from... Harpering, uh, Harpering doesn't get no, I know. No he, see, he should have his back. That's my point. Like He should have been watching and should have like reacted. Yeah. yeah. Eyes on the prize. I yeah. was watching this live. I was watching the Grizzlies broadcast. Exact same reaction, as you would expect, when sure. it's the opponent throwing it down. So when this clip started going around, I was like... No, come on. Y- y'all are messed up. This is just the Grizzlies broadcast we're watching here. But nope. No, it's nope. Nobody's selling this one for Rudy Gobert, which is too bad. I guess they weren't giving him credit because the tiniest bit, it was a thrunk. It was there a was, thrunk. There was no yeah. finger-to-rim contact, but uh, being a little stingy with the praise, I would say. Yeah, and it was probably the most difficult dunk of Rudy Gobert's career, you know, even if it was a thrunk, because usually he's just yeah. throwing it down. Yeah. Uh, that was a tough one. Um, uh, you know, it could be worse of the week just having guys read out-of-town scores on the local broadcast. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, but I don't need it. You're right. No. no. I mean, you, unless you've really got a gambling problem. But if you've got a gambling, <laughs> gambling problem that much, then you're probably checking the scores yourself. Yeah. Yeah, the last couple nights of the, the regular season just made me think, maybe there's a playoff race. Yeah, keep yeah, an eye maybe. on this game. All yeah. right, you know, the Rockets are winning, and that would mean that we would miss the playoffs. Fine. Right. But, yeah, I mean, he had his head, especially in these times. Like, if he was in the arena and he heard the reaction, maybe something would have happened. Maybe he would have reacted. But he was looking at a monitor probably. So mm-hmm. it's tough to call out Craig Bowler, Jack, and Matt. No, yeah. I usually like those guys. Yeah. As, uh, one, of the, one of the good 
pairs because we get some bad ones out there. I think it's on Harpring here, though. If you're actually assigning worse <laughs> the league, yeah, he's got to he's got to like help out his play-by-play guy there. We've get just excited. Been, we've been so spoiled with Eric Collins this year as well. You know, it's like uh, I mean, imagine he was on the call; he'd still be talking about it now. <laughs> not wrong. Uh, all right, candidate number three. It's Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics for one particular brain fart. One brain smart, which was not very smart. Uh, the Celtics play in the Pelicans. Pell's ball. Celtics forced a jump ball at center court with only .3 left on the Pelicans' shot clock. So the Pels don't care to jump because <laughs> they're going to lose possession if they win it or not. And the Celtics just have to catch it. And then the ball is theirs. But Marcus Smart just throws it up. And then he somehow tries to defend his position with Kemba Walker. Like, they're yelling at it. And maybe Kemba Walker deserves uh, a bit of hate because Kemba Walker should have known the plan if he's the point guard he should have told marcus smart i guess hey just catch it and don't throw it but <laughs> before the the ball was jumped but is that on kemba walker probably not but still how does how does the team not know to just not throw it out of bounds i mean that's so weird yeah like what i mean yeah real question is just like why is marcus smart shooting it at all like it's uh it, it is funny do you think that he thinks though well Pritchard takes the jump ball, touches it. Yeah, that's what he, he said. Thinks. There was .3. I mean, you're basically all you can do is tip, like tip the ball to, like, in theory, to start the clock, right? Like, does the clock start when Pritchard touches it on it the should. jump ball? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think Smart's basically saying to Kemba, if, if I'm guessing here, but like, it's our ball anyway. I'm just chucking it down there for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the clock started. <laughs> like, it's our ball. It's the the clock mm-hmm. has run out for the Pelicans. It's our ball. But they they did give it back to New Orleans, didn't they? Because they, they said, like, in theory, did. that Smart had time to just hold on to it. Instead, he took a shot. Yeah. Weird Twitter. one. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, that's a weird one. You got you to know the rules. See? We, nobody knows the rules. Oh, well, geez. Knows. Nobody knows the rules. Nobody knows the <laughs> that, rules. That anyway. Lee was confused when that happened when we were talking yeah. about it this week. Yeah. yeah. And then you had yeah. me confused. And oh, then I, I thought I was misinterpreting it. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because yeah. the Pelicans played... Their, had their possession for 23.7 seconds. Right. Brandon Ingram wrapped up. All right. Jump ball, and then Smart just throws away a possession, just like that. So, fantastic suggestions from everybody out there for worst of the week, including Marcus Smart, including Jakob Pertle airballing two free throws. <laughs> but if you want to see that, jump over to the whoopsies that we recorded. It's on YouTube. Pertle yep. was, yeah, put to the line. You know, Greg Popovich usually does that to other teams, but Luke Walton doing it to Pop, sending his guy to the line, and uh, Pertle short, Lee, uh, you, you, you chortled at the purdle right there. So what do, what do you think? <laughs> you know, when you, go, when you see a guy to the free throw line, you know, whatever the first one misses is, the second one usually compensates for it. Right, you know? So right. if you go long, you tend to go a bit short on the second one. He went short. I think he went shorter yeah. on that second one. <laughs> it was just... I just don't touch. understand, though, how a professional player who's been playing the NBA for this many years still looks like it's like his first trip to the free throw line. You know, he looked at, like he was shooting I know. with one hand. I know it was like the weirdest <laughs> I know. form. I just don't understand. Like it's the, the there's just no defense. You got ten seconds. You're straight in front. I mean, yeah, man. And, and again, when you airball the first one, that's fine. That happens. You know, LeBron's airballed one early this season. That happens. But to do it two in a row and just right. to be even shorter is is crazy. You just want to. Do you think it. you've ever airballed a free throw? Have I? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I thought you'd say no. I don't know why. Yeah. No, no, no. But never two in a row. Ever. I I remember one time as a kid, 
I was uh, about 14 or 15. And uh, so we have the rule that when you're in the penalty, it's only a one on one plus one. So you've got to hit the first to get the second. College style, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And I got fouled with zero time on the clock and we were down by a point and it was a one on one. And I was like, oh my God, this is so it. This is the moment. to win, one yeah. to tie. All right. Yeah. And the first one was the biggest brick I've ever shot in my life. And so you didn't get the second one, so we yeah. lose the game. And I was just oh. like, oh my God. I was until this day. Yeah, no wonder he's so devoted your life to the craft of free throws from that moment on. (laughs) But I was so excited to be like, ah, I'm going to be the hero. And then I just, it was, it didn't even hit rim on that. It just clumped off. This all makes sense now. No wonder you call it the loneliest place (laughs) on earth. (laughs) Yeah, I had had a couple of bad bad memories. This is the origin story, man. This is crazy. I told you about the time where I turned the ball over too against the team that hadn't lost all year and it was my turnover and they went down and scored and yeah. the ball basically came through the net on my head to win the game and ah oh, man, man. <laughs> yeah there's a few scars there's a few scars yeah. in there <laughs> yeah. Dickie didn't talk to you for months after that <laughs> blowing that game alright good stuff uh Great nominees there for worst of the week. Let's yeah, get to and some. Let me, hold on, sorry. Steve. Oh, I thought Dude, you were done. Well, I am, but there were a lot of suggestions for the Rappaport Kevin Durant beef oh, God. as worst of the week. And I, yeah, I mean, you should give it to both of them. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Double worst. All right, all right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And then we don't have to get into it. That's cool. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, embarrassing enough. with the comments, of course, from KD. Yeah, misogynistic, homophobic. Rappaport's a piece of shit. I couldn't care less for him. I'm glad we didn't talk about it until this second. Both embarrassing. And both worst of the week. Um, All right, let's get to some five-star Friday fun. Yeah, buddy. It's five-star Friday. First Friday of every month, I will read you five of the best five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We are battling these algorithms left and right. Your five-star reviews help. Here is our first one. The title, Volume Up, Love These Guys, I'm Guessing Awesome at the end. It comes from AJVLFC. I should preface this review by mentioning that I bought an iPad just so I can write this review. (laughs) What a flex. (laughs) Congratulations. A Greek dude, Steve Nash, an Australian by way of London, a Canadian Gandalf and a beef connoisseur from Chicago walk into a bar. There's nothing interesting or funny beyond that. Other than that, I listen to them talk while offering my own opinion that they can't hear anyway. I hope I can walk into a bar and grab a beer with them someday. You'd understand if you subscribed, listened to them, and gave them five stars yourself. Just a bunch of cool dudes with microphones that made it big. They're living the dream. Did I mention they also had a Canadian hobbit with them at some oh, point? Oh, no! Oh, Jesus. No! Oh, Jesus. Shots fired. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I almost didn't include it because of this, but, you know, at one point in time, Matt Austin did wear a Hobbit-themed Halloween costume, so yeah, I think this is fair game. Mm, so that's Not- what he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> sure. I don't I don't know if he knows the ins and outs of Matt's uh, Halloween costume. Does he remember when he was George Michael? Didn't put that one in the in the review. We shall see. Uh, nonetheless. You gotta have faith. You gotta have faith in these, <laughs> these guys. You gotta have faith. <laughs> I get it now. No, yeah. I get it. Uh, that's a five-star pun. Um, but I just wanted to say, you know, you put this level of effort into a review, you're most g- likely going to get it read on the show. And okay. especially if you're willing to 
put down some money to get an iPad specifically <laughs> yeah. to do this. Was this a pro? Was it a mini? Let us know. How many gigs of storage do you got on there? Tell us about your apps. But that's not the only way to get in to Five Star Friday. Here's another one. This one, uh, the title is Great. Comes to us from Stu Gotz's Golf Cart. The review says Great. Five stars. Wow. What a swing. So you know it goes both ways. <laughs> that one really meant a lot to me. Really hit home. Great. Great twice, I like Great. it. In the title and then Great. in the actual review. Stu Gotz's Golf Cart. Yeah. Shout out to that whole crew. All right. Two and a half stars. Great. Our next review comes from Adam F. NYC. Good morning, sweet world. I review podcasts based on the last line I hear in it. One episode ended with someone explaining that they spelled donut by using the fake name Doug H. Nut. Five stars. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. that's, I, I've, I've been thinking about that line since that was said on the podcast, too. I, I never thought about Doug the spelling H. Nut. of donut that way. Doug H. Nut is so good. It's Who said uh, that? Tass or you? Trey, Trey. Trey. Trey, yeah. yeah. Well, that was just a freestyle. Never wow, thought of it either. But uh, it's, um, I imagine Doug H. Nutt knows <laughs> Dr. Pete Zahn. <laughs> you, know, you know, the scientist hey, who invented pizza many years ago. Doug H. Nutt Donuts is a great name for a donut shop or coffee shop or something like that. I, I, I think it's phenomenal maybe it exists tell me if it does people it must doug be out H there somewhere probably yeah you think well, so if not we got dibs on doug right. we're calling dibs here our I'm next five star review actually it's a five beans review it comes from comes to us from romo 95 five of five beans imagine getting a bag of beans with five delicious magical beans that's what task eats trey lee and jd are all you got to do is plant them, and they'll grow a beanstalk to the skies of basketball podcast heaven. fee fi fo fum Keep those classics blasting in my eardrum. Five bars. stars. Yeah. Bars. <laughs> and stars. Yeah. And beans. Bars, stars, and beans. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. All right. Our final five-star review. Five-star only from Timmy and a million underscores. Five stars. For some reason, I only had the option to rate five stars. What did you guys do? Huh. We made a five-star podcast. That's what we did. The only reason, the only option is five stars. It's because every episode's a classic, and it's y'all out there who help make us a classic. Keep sending in your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We'll do it again in a month, so you got some time to order an iPad, have it come in, and then type out a long story for us. Awesome. Thank you so much to everybody that has left us a review. Please continue to do so if you listen to the podcast, especially on Apple. Can't leave a review on Spotify, I don't think, Mm-mm. which is a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. But hey, just uh, maybe you can still rate it somehow. Drop the five stars. Whatever different you platforms, do. different ratings, different mm-hmm. ways of moving up. But a great way to always make sure that people are finding out about No Dunks is to tell other people about mm-hmm. No Dunks. There are still a lot of people out there who like basketball that don't know about the show. Our guess is that if you told them about this show, they would love it. So tell yeah. somebody you know who loves basketball and listening to things. Hey, do it safely. Wear your mask. But walk into the nearest Doug H. Nuts donut <laughs> shop and uh, tell the world in there that you love the No Dunks podcast and that everybody should subscribe on YouTube and whatever podcast uh, platform they use. Okay. We got Twitter of the Night, so we got rapid fire fun still. But uh, first, a quick word to hear from our sponsors. 
Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Cassie, what do you got, man? Yeah, so we're recording this on a Friday. So if you're listening or watching at a later time, you may not appreciate this Tweet of the Night. But today's Tweet of the Night is actor Daniel Craig presenting The weekend on Saturday Night Live. Listen. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, The weekend. <laughs> I've seen this it's every here. week for the it's last. Here. Yeah. I love it. It makes it's, the rounds every Friday. I laugh every solid. time. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of people upset that this Twitter account called Craig Weekend. It's all it does. <laughs> yeah. just, it just gives you Daniel Craig saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend." Uh, he posted on Thursday. Oh, well, it's uh, wow. a good Friday. Yeah, good uh, Friday. Maybe yeah, a long maybe. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah I didn't it's take that the reason. Holidays, do you go holidays? I guess it's the weekend. Yeah, I guess it's the it's weekend. It's a long weekend. That's what we call it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought he was being a smart ash Wednesday, but no. Oh, uh, <laughs> we should fire up the pun gun. This guy's yeah. in his own team. I'm gonna Ooh. give. Yeah, owner of that account. I'm gonna give you a good pump Sunday to you. Oh nice. man. Okay. Well, a little you slappy, make oh, daddy no. happy. 
All right. If you can get a Maundy Thursday pun in, Tassie, I will. I will call my dad so that he can listen to it. That guy would be fired up to hear Maundy Thursday on a basketball podcast. My, one of my favorite uh, Jays once upon a time was Raul Mondi Thursday at <laughs> Mondesi. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. People Mondi. are uh, clicking that little 15 second button to uh, pass over this, okay? So, uh, oh, no. yeah, there you go. Okay. Come on back. Um, let's get to pick'em results from last night. It was the Denver Clippers game. We all took Denver. We're off to a hot start in the month of April. Everybody got the victory. They covered the uh, small line of winning by. One and a half. They had to win by two or more, and they ended up winning by what they get? Seven points in the end. So, good start for everybody. Way to go. What's tonight's game, Tass? Well, we got a barn barner on NBA TV. Bucks <laughs> at the Blazers. That's going to be a good one. The Blazers, kind of surprisingly, they're getting three and a half points. So they can lose by three and still cover. Bucks favored by three and a half. They have won four straight in the series, though. Mm. And they've been blowing out the Bucks, or the Blazers, I should say, by an average of 25 points over the last four games. Wow. Now, just one this year, two last year, and one the year before that. So still surprising. Still surprising. Um, Portland just completed a perfect 4-0 trip, though, on the road. They're back home to play the Bucks tonight, getting three and a half. Who wants to set us off? Who's got their pick oh, ready? Me, me, me. Okay, go Give ahead. me Portland. I'm with you. I don't get this line. Um, I'll take Portland with the points, plus three and a half. We talked about it, man. I know everybody wants to say Jokic is the MVP, and maybe he is the front runner. Lillard's right there, baby. He's right there, and uh, I will take them to at least keep this close enough to get me another victory. So give me Portland. I'm going to go with Milwaukee here. A wise man once said that a team returning for their first home game after a successful road trip often has a letdown. Mm. That man was Tass Mellis. Give me the bucks. Lee, what do you got? I just don't like betting against Damian Lillard, so I'm taking the Blazers. Three points, I think they've got that. Yeah, I'm going to go with that old adage. Yeah, you wow. have a little bit of a letdown when you come home, and it's just hard to find a reason to pick a team, so <laughs> got one. Yeah, I'll take the bucks. Okay, we're split on this one. Tass and Trey taking Milwaukee to win by four or more points. Lee and I taking Dame and the Blazers. Okay, we're almost done here. A little rapid-fire fun before we go, TK. We're just a week removed from the trade deadline, but I'm already having some buyer's remorse with the Bulls. (laughs) At least the picks are protected. Fellas, what's a trade that you've made that you wish you hadn't? Skeets. Well, it's not really a trade as much as I gave somebody something and I wish I didn't and I wish I still had it uh, you know in, in my, with my belongings and it's this shirt that I had back in university <laughs> actually pre-university <laughs> high school I used to have this great shirt number one grandpa I used to wear it a lot always would get compliments on this shirt <laughs> there's my buddy Thody there uh, on the right Picatrakis in the back this is a very strange photo from are you doing like a stretching bit I, everybody's got to do know. a weird arms move here I don't know what's like going Vogue on video. Thody's doing blue steel in this photo and uh, anyway I it, like focus on the shirt okay don't worry about the weird uh, movements we're doing, but I gave this shirt to, uh, well, Lee, you know him quite well. He's in a WhatsApp chat group with you about coffee. Zach Cox, I gave this shirt to. <laughs> and I gave it to him because Zach Cox was the type of guy who, like, even when he was 25 years old, felt like he was 65. Like, he was a grandpa, right? So I was like, you should have this shirt. You're a grandpa. And we, in fact, called him grandpa. Um, but, uh, man, 
Man. God, it's a great shirt. It was like felt shirt. too. Yeah, I found it obviously like in the thrift store. I loved it. It was in great condition. Nice color on me too. But yeah, I don't I don't have it anymore. <laughs> so. This picture is awesome. And the worst part is, I know Zach doesn't have it too. I think he either lost it or maybe he gave it away. But uh, mm. he said he says he felt guilty about that. He doesn't even have it. I couldn't even get it back from him. Do you want me to yeah. ask him in the chat if he still got it? No, I know <laughs> he doesn't, Lee, because I posted that TBT like back in 2013, and I went to find that photo this morning, like I was Lee Ellis, and uh, he is he in the comments says like he feels guilty that he oh, doesn't have man. it too. So I, I know that from years ago. Yeah. Wow. Zach Cox was great because he his nickname was Grandpa, yeah. and I was by far the oldest person <laughs> oh, in our yeah. class, <laughs> but like by ten years, and uh, everybody called him Grandpa. So I was so happy to uh, he was like a deflection for me. So yeah, thank yeah. you, Zach Cox. Yeah. That was great, great stuff. JD, what's a trade you've made that you wish you hadn't? Uh, it's same sort of idea. It wasn't I didn't get anything back for it, but uh, my 2014 uh, convertible red mm. Mini Cooper Whoa, that I was good. leasing, uh, lease ran out, and I had the opportunity to buy it out. And but the only problem was my kids didn't fit in the back anymore. They were getting too big, <laughs> too tall. So I decided to get a bigger car and I regret it every day <laughs> since. I should have just crammed them back there. Oh, that is a sweet ride from a oh, bunch so of gearheads here. That is <laughs> oh, a yeah. sweet ride. Lee, what's a trade you've made you wish you had? Yeah, so I'm going into the archives So this one. Uh, I was in Milan a long time ago for a long weekend, actually. Uh, had it all planned out. I was catching up with a, uh, a girlfriend, like just a female friend of mine on the Friday night. We we're going to have dinner with her family and friends. And then on the Saturday night, it was Juventus versus AC Milan at the San Siro. I was like, wow, yeah, just a massive, massive matchup of two of Italian's biggest uh, football teams. So uh, it was all ready to go. And she, she sent me an email because we didn't have mobile phones then. She sent me an email and said, oh, listen, can we move the uh, dinner from Friday to Saturday night? Because uh, something happened. And I was like, oh, I mean, you know, like I'm dying to go to this game. But she was a friend and she was making this effort for me. So I was like, all right, all right, no worries. So we changed. And I went and had the dinner. It was a great dinner. We had a great night. But the Juventus-Milan game was 2-2. Oh. Zinedine Zidane scored. Andrei oh. Shevchenko scored. It was oh, considered Shevchenko. like one of the best games for the season all season long. And I even had my like Shevchenko jersey ready to go there. There it is. Like I was ready. I was pumped. <laughs> That's not your jersey. That's my jersey. No way. That 100% is my jersey. If you're not wearing it in the picture, it's not yours. <laughs> you got right, a picture of you that. in every other shirt you've ever owned, I'm except gonna, this one. I'm going to get I'm going to get Dad to send it over because it's in oh. a shirt. That, oh because God. if you see what's right next to it there, that's a Lazio scarf because I saw a Lazio game earlier on the trip. Lazio versus uh, Arsenal in Rome. And so I was up there, but Shevchenko was my favorite player. And I was like, oh, my God. So I missed out on seeing like one of the greatest games in uh, Italian football and seeing Zinedine Zidane and Shevchenko battle each other. I had a great dinner. I mean, I, I probably don't, re <laughs> don't regret it too much, but I just, just wish it didn't change. So then I could have had a, a really fun experience on the dinner, but not feeling like I was missing out on, uh, on, on being at the San Siro. I mean, like that's like that's one of the biggest nights on the uh, Italian football calendar. So mm. anyway. I mean, what time was the game? Well, like eight o'clock. Ah, Italians don't eat until like eleven o'clock at night. You yeah, done but both. it was uh, there were so many people. It was such a fun night. Kidding. Like the home, the grandma cooking the pasta and stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. 
but uh, oh, because most of their shirt, games, number one grandma, most of their <laughs> most of their games are like on a Sunday too, at like three o'clock. But uh, uh, instead, it was the Saturday night, the prime time, and. Uh, PJ wants yeah. to know. I thought you were an Arsenal. Ah, oh, come on, PJ. You know by now. I've got like a million different photos of me wearing a million different football shirts. Yeah, Dennis Burkamp <laughs> was my was my first favorite player. Uh, then on he loves the sport. Yeah. yeah, he loves the beautiful game. <laughs> Jesus, PJ. I should compile a, a list of all the photos of wearing different football jerseys. This this isn't one of them. Wow, I'm gonna get that I'm gonna get that descended over now. It's funny. I mean, yeah, I you know I had the camera. I don't know. What, I guess I didn't wear it. I didn't wear it to the dinner. I'm not. I'm not going to turn up in my jersey. I oh, you're not a real fan, then. <laughs> but I even got the number, like you know, put on there. That was it. That was. I probably spent 150 uh, euros on that. Excuse me. Anyway. This guy is just traveling the globe, going to every sporting event and concert ever at. Like. What did the Ellis family actually do? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great I question. Still don't know. I know. I know. Next. All one. right. Rapid fire question number one complete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> number two. Blazers played the Pistons this week, and Carmelo Anthony was not feeling the fog machine they used in Detroit. Tweeting, you guys love that fog machine, huh? <laughs> right in the Pistons' face alongside a picture of him looking absolutely disgusted. Guys, what's your favorite vibe machine? Oh. A fog machine, a disco ball, a strobe light, something that enhances a party. Skeets. Um, this one was easy for me. I think it's the disco ball light. With the multicolors, um, okay. Specifically, one like a cheap one that you can get for like seven ninety nine at Walmart or something. Because I know our buddy Daryl has one, and I would look at it before it was turned on, going, "That's a hunk of crap. Why'd you put money into that? You know, like what? Like when are you ever gonna use that?" But I'll tell you what, you want to take like a kitchen party or a house party to the next level. You just throw on this little disco ball thing with these multicolor lights, and it makes. You know your room into like uh, into the club. It makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> and uh, I was proven wrong. I, I, I was completely wrong with this one. Daryl's done it a couple of times. You know what I'm talking about, Tess? Maybe Tess, do you have one? I can't remember uh, whether you have one of these little no. disco ball lights. Yeah. Okay. Well, we no, got to get never, you one. I've never made my way over to a Dollarama to buy one, but <laughs> right. they 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 come through, it's, they, especially they during do. this pandemic time when you you know you may be with one person. Right. All of a sudden, that person. Just started a party if they light up that. Thing. I mean, it's it's like you're having a party. Get it's no amazing. Doubt. It's a guys go get one. Yeah, especially during the pandemic when you can have like maybe small gatherings. You get the tunes going. You throw on this little thing. You'll be shocked uh, how much it changes the uh, the atmosphere of your uh, house party. So that's my answer. I thought I had heard every pandemic hack so far, but get a multicolored <laughs> disco light. That is a new one for me. Mm. JD, what's your favorite vibe machine? This one's easy for me as well. It's the strobe. It, like when when it, it breaks down, when the you you hit a song in the club and you're on the dance floor and everything goes black <laughs> except for the not a fast, not the but yeah. just the bump bump bump, and it's like uh, you know little snapshots of people oh, yeah. dancing. It's, it's, uh, it's that's true. It's cool it's looking. Awesome. Yeah, as soon as it hits the kick 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 kick, the girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big strobe guy, too. Uh, once that strobe starts popping, I can't stop going like this in front of my face, right? <laughs> to just make it seem Waiting like, whoa, I got three left hands. This is crazy. 
yeah. and everybody looks awesome. Like it, totally you could good. be the worst dancer in the world. Yeah, because it's, just, it's you what you're this, moving. Yeah, yeah, it's like robotic, like yeah, totally. Uh, Lee, what's your vibe machine? Well, first off, I'm with Carmelo. The fog machine, too much. Don't like it, really. It just gets... Uh, it's 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 like you're breathing in chalk. It feels yeah. like that, you know. So, yeah, they, we don't need that at the game. Um, my favourite one, I guess I'm probably just a disco ball man. You know, that or the stroke doesn't really make too much difference as long as it's in the right spot and it's giving off the right, um, you know, the right sort of light and it's, and, and it's doing a good job. I'm easy with either one of those, really. I mean, you know... I haven't got a I great... thought you would go with the karaoke machine for sure. Like... No, I mean, that was fun when we all did it, but I think that's the thing with karaoke. It's got to be just you with your friends because everyone else is like, oh, these guys suck, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think so. I mean, right. you know, you never turn up to a place and go, I hope I see like 20 random strangers do karaoke because that's pretty boring. I don't know. Lee, or I mean, excuse me, Tass just shared a clip in our WhatsApp group. I think we were in San Antonio. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Of you on stage, Lee doing some uh it's robbie williams i think you're singing angel maybe i thought it was i think i was here oh i think it was here too yeah really yeah Yeah. oh i I thought i no idea i don't okay i could be wrong anyway you know and you and you took your own advice like you really commit to the karaoke (laughs) bit like you can't half-ass yeah you have to it's it's rough though it's rough at the beginning but you know, once that chorus hits, the whole bar is singing along with that you. That, to so me, you, is the key you, you to any good it. karaoke, is you get everyone to know that one part where it's their yeah. part to tune in, and then they're listening and waiting for it, and, you know, you can just own the audience then. Okay. Okay. Maybe it was here in Atlanta. Maybe you're right, JD. I, I swear to God you can hear Graydon to bring him up again. <laughs> oh, that could still match up. I know. You know? <laughs> it could be here. It could be in San Antonio, because we were at a karaoke bar once. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Graydon's got a very booming voice. We could be in San Antonio. He could be here, and we could hear him. <laughs> could hear him. All right, final one. Godzilla versus Kong dropped on Sunday. We talked yesterday about who would win in the game of one-on-one. Both our Twitter polls and our YouTube poll. The fans are choosing Kong to take this one. Fair enough. My yeah. question for you guys, what are two more characters that you'd like to see matched up in their own movie? Skeetsy. Well, I'm going to take this question and I'm going to turn it on its head there, Trey. I want to see, actually, not a movie. I want to see a video game, like a Mortal Kombat Street Fighter type game, with all, like, the famous Wes Anderson characters. Okay? So, again, you could go movie if you want, but I couldn't pick just two. So, maybe it's, like, a Battle Royale or something. But Royal Tenenbaum, Dignan, Max Fisher, Steve Zizou, uh, you know, Scoutmaster Randy, Francis Whitman, Sam and Susie, he goes on and on, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it'd be a great game, like a Super Smash yeah. Brothers type of game with just Wes Anderson characters. Like, somebody go and mod that for me. I'd play the hell out of that. That so seems like it would be very successful on the internet as a mod of something totally. along those lines. That'd be fun. Yeah. A lot of great characters. JD, who are you combining for their own movie? Yeah, so uh, I had a really hard time deciding, so I'm going to throw you with three pairs. So the first one is the superhero pair. I want to see Wolverine and Deadpool go at it. Okay. These guys, uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, have like this uh, bromance going uh, off the court, so to speak. Uh, and uh, it's inevitable that we'll, I we won't see Hugh Jackman, but we'll, we will see these two characters together. And I'm sure. looking forward to that. Okay. And I hope they're against each other. The next one is my deep cuts. This is uh, Mike Milligan and Irving. Mike Milligan from season two of Fargo and uh, Irving from Mr. Robot. 
these are two. It doesn't matter. These are two super obscure characters, but they're my favorite characters in recent times, and they're just awesome villains. Yeah, I love Mike Milligan. That was a Mike great Milligan character. Mike Milligan is so cool. Uh, played by uh, by uh, Bokeem Woodbine mm-hmm. and uh, Bobby Cannavale as uh, as Irving. But uh, and then my this is the awkward the awkward <laughs> bowl. Oh, <laughs> I like this is Nathan Fielder and David Brent. I, can you imagine these two characters on screen at the same time? Your head would pop off if you, if you weren't into the awkward comedy. And they're two of my favorite of all time. So, yeah. Oh, that would be uh, a, nice a hilarious so scene. <laughs> a quick, quick, proud dad moment from uh, last weekend. Uh, Jackson was at his drum recital. Right, so I was yep. super proud of him. He did a great job. He played uh, Van, uh, Van Halen's jump, and he killed it. But uh, during the recital, there was this kid named Nathan who went up. Right, so I was like, "Hey, put it to put your hands together for Nathan." He went up. I was sitting next to Lincoln, and uh, he played the whole song. And then, as everybody's clapping, he did a great job. And then uh, Lincoln just turns to me and goes, "Well, that's Nathan for you." <laughs> <laughs> It was like, so I had one, one kid on on uh, stage just killing it on the drums, and I got the other kid next to me just killing the one-liners. I loved it. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. All right, Lee, make a movie. Well, I, I, uh, I'm surprised that JD went with David Brent there because I want to see David Brent and Mike Scott together because uh, they had that little, they did mm. one clip. But- yeah. And, uh, and that was pretty good where they talked about their characters. So I'd like to see them get together. They were also on, um, well, they weren't they weren't in character, but on um, Life's Too Short, they did a little thing as well. They were, they were both pretty good. So I'd like to see a bit more of a, uh, a feature length something with those guys, like a 90 minute show with those two. I think that would be pretty good. Okay, there it is. Rapid fire fun. Not so rapid, but lots of fun. <laughs> Long edition of the drop, but it's okay. It'll keep you uh, satisfied, hopefully, all weekend long. Go ahead, TK. Yeah, just one more question. We talked about it a little bit on um, Happy Hour last night. JD, you've seen most of the MonsterVerse movies. I think you saw the first three of them. Godzilla mm-hmm. vs. Kong, doing well on Rotten Tomatoes. 79 mm-hmm. uh, critics score, 95 audience score. Are you planning on watching it this weekend? Because I could be convinced to stream this for a JD Reviews. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll watch it. I we have plan. I think we're planning on watching it tonight. Amen. Wow. Amen. Okay. And so what? You guys are gonna watch it and then uh, do a little YouTube or a little podcast breaking it down. I don't know. I could. I could. Sure. Oh my. Yeah. Goodness. Well, I don't want to turn this uh, movie experience into work for you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll just. Uh, I don't know. One of us will be Godzilla. One of us will be Kong, and we'll bring our points to the table. I don't know what it is. I just want to talk about this movie because it's buzzing right now. Yeah, saw some people were dipping in last night, and I was shocked to see that it's doing so well on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird because then I feel like I see like tweets like, "This is the worst movie of all time." Like, yeah. don't waste your time. You're like, "Well, which one is it?" I mean, is it brutal? Is it? I mean, I'm sure it's silly, obviously, but. Okay. We're going to find out. We'll find out. We'll at least talk about it on Monday's podcast. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll carve out a little time to get your guys' review of... uh What's it called? What are they? What's the actual title? I keep thinking now it's called Zilla versus Kong Man. Because <laughs> of Lee. It's just Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty simple. I like Zilla versus Kong yeah, Man same. a lot more. <laughs> but uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us all week long here at the Classic Factory. Leave those five stars reviews on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and like and comment. 
on the No Dunks YouTube page and uh, share it with your friends. Email us your questions for the next beach step in nodunks at theathletic.com. Get your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for a dollar a month. If you're in Canada, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks Canada for also a dollar a month. Guys, good stuff. We do have very solid plays coming up later today with a very special guest. Mm-hmm. Right, Lily? Maybe a hobbit's rolling through <laughs> with, his, with his crazy feet or something like that. We'll never so, leave uh, the Shire. Yeah, yeah, it'll be wild. <laughs> Otherwise, we will see you uh, next week uh, on Monday with What You Need to Know and, of course, The Daily Show. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, you don't have to be athletic to subscribe to theathletic.com. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay, ooh, every day. And I'd be happy every minute. It's been so long, but you're the one I've waited for. It's happened already. It's gonna be groovy. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.